What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Hello. This is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad. But not for your ears. For your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Brandon Allen, 12 for 20. 193 yards. Quarterback rating of 125. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. I appreciate you guys. Joe, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything you've done for this team so far. Let's get, let's get a few more now. Let's get a few more. Everybody just keep working, man. Keep listening to the coaches. And let's just keep grinding, man. Grinding on three. One, two, three. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Good evening, Broncos country, and welcome to a special solo edition, as you can see, of the Huddle Up Pod. I am Zach Kelberman. I am here flying by myself as my partner, Chad Jensen, is in Denver, actually, at the game today. Maybe he's the good luck spark the Broncos have needed because they scored a great upset victory, led by Kyle Allen, led by a resurgent defense over the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to hop into everything about this game. It's going to be kind of a different format because I am alone, but I do want to welcome you guys into this broadcast today. Uh, kind of an old school broadcast for, for some of you who remember me on the uh, 24-7 Sports Facebook Lives, but I'm here flying solo. I'm going to take some of your questions here, let some people file into the room this evening. This is the Huddle Up podcast, and while I wait for some people to come in, I want to just plug uh, my Twitter, as you can see, the NFL. Uh, follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. File follow Mile High Huddle, excuse me, uh, follow my partner Chad and Jensen. Like I said, he is at the game today enjoying himself, and I am here with all of you guys. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. 
get started with rebates. And discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. And I can tell, I mean, the happiness that's flowing through. It's great to see the comments today. Uh, today was a good day, uh, Dalen Joseph says. Uh, Alan, <laughs> better than Flacco, Stu says. Yeah, I definitely agree there. The entire offense, this is my quick gut reaction to what I just saw. I'm just going live right after the game. But it's amazing when you have a quarterback in the game uh, who has mobility, who has youth. The energy is palpable. It is no coincidence as to why Noah Fant had that big touchdown. It's no coincidence as to why Cortland Sutton made a great uh, leaping touchdown. The entire offense had passion. They had heart. They had a pulse. And that started with the quarterback in this game. Uh, Brandon Allen, he didn't light the world on fire. But in my opinion, he outplayed Baker Mayfield, a first-round pick with all the hype in the world. Brandon Allen comes in his first NFL start, and you know what? I think he handled himself pretty well. I, I just I love seeing the comments fly in here. Uh, Jose says we have a new quarterback. Uh, just somewhat. Kristen says I love Wolf. Yeah, Derek Wolf had a great game today. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, Stewart with the $25 donation. Thank you very much. Thank you all for tuning in with me. I know it's kind of an unorthodox pod. Uh, like I said, Chad, my co-host Chad Jensen is at the game today, so I'm just rocking in place of him. Uh, Daniel C. says Baker is trash. Uh, Emilio says, uh, do you think Allen is the answer? I'm going to kind of get through some of these questions rapid fire here uh, on this on this uh, podcast and on this bri- live broadcast on YouTube, on StreamYard, on the Mile High Huddle Facebook page. Allen is the answer for the time being. As much as I liked him today, I'm not going to get too high on him. I'm not going to get too low on him uh, for the for the misfires that he did have in this game. He looked really, really good in his first NFL start. Like I said, I think he outplayed Baker Mayfield, and that is no easy feat to do. Um, so if he at least earned another start coming out of the bye week. He at least... Uh, look, made Elway look correct in benching Flacco because that's what it was. It was a benching coming off that injury. And instead of going with Rippon, instead of uh, shuffling Locke out there, he had a plan to go with Brandon Allen. Uh, they picked him up to start the season. They like they liked something in him. And for my money, he jives much better with Rich Scangarello with that play calling than Flacco ever did. I, Flacco had one touchdown across his last four starts. Brandon Allen had two touchdowns this game alone. There is no coincidence to this. This is what Chad and I have been talking about. You put a young quarterback back there with mobility, with, with some with some life in him, just some, some life, some passion, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a long touchdown today. You saw the passing game come to life. The Broncos really did have a great offensive day today. Didn't blow the, the doors off anyone. They're not the next greatest show on turf, but it's definitely better than what we saw the last couple weeks. And I think Brandon Allen, for the time being, he is the answer under center for the Broncos. You can't go away from him now. I mean, that was a really good performance, and I think he definitely earned another one uh, coming out of the bye week. Uh, Jamil says the team looked alive today. Yeah, they, like I said, that's all starting with the quarterback. You take Flacco out of the picture, this guy who has no passion, this guy who's very aloof and apathetic, and you put in a young, hungry quarterback who wants to make a name for himself, who has a chance to establish himself potentially as a, as a, a starting caliber quarterback for a desperate Broncos team. And that's exactly why you saw these big plays. That's exactly why you saw better play calling. I think now we can say for sure Flacco 
was the common denominator. It was not Rich Scangarello. You saw when you take Flacco out of the picture how good the play calling can be. Even that last fourth down, excuse me, that last play call to end the game, to close out the game, it was wildcat to Philip Lindsay. That kind of creativity, that kind of aggressive chance-taking Scangarello, we have not seen because he's been hindered by Joe Flacco. He was the culprit to this offense, and I don't expect anyone now, any Flacco apologist, to come out and make excuses. He was holding this team back. It wasn't anything else. It was all Joe Flacco. When you put a better quarterback in there like Brandon Allen, you saw what happened today. I'm going to just go through uh, some of the comments here. Uh, Joey says, I kind of look like Brandon Allen. I, I, I assume that's who you mean. Uh, it could be worse. I'm not crazy about the guy's headshot on CBS. He had a major comb over, but, you know, a guy making his first start, it, it could look a lot worse than that. And, uh, you know, fortunately, looks in the NFL don't amount for much. Uh, Paul says, who gets the game ball? Uh Brandon Allen or Noah Fant? It's got to be Brandon Allen. I mean, he is the quarterback. He gets all the praise when things go right, and he gets all the criticism when things go wrong. Uh, He balled out today. What I was most impressed by him, aside from his touchdown passes, aside from the plays the Broncos made, he held firm in the pocket. He stood tall, taking big shot after big shot after big shot. He didn't crumble. uh, He didn't whimper. He didn't see any ghosts in the pocket like Flacco did. He held firm in there and, and delivered some strikes. So that's something. Something I like, that mental toughness. You can't teach that. Flacco didn't have that. Paxton Lynch definitely didn't have that. It looks like Brandon Allen does have that. Uh, $21 donation by uh, Chris Hernandez. I appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, We both appreciate you. Anyone who donates, uh, Chad and I can't express enough gratitude uh, for any any donation, any support you guys show the show. We we love bringing it to you guys. We don't do it for the donations, but they're definitely appreciated, so thank you. Uh, $20 donation by Christy. I appreciate you, Christy. Thank you very much for that. Like I said, uh, you guys are great, and we we couldn't do this without you. We love bringing these broadcasts to you. Uh, Someone's made a comment. Yeah, No says, uh, Bowles leading in penalties. What's it going to take for this guy to get his S together? It's going to take... I don't know. He's just going to keep committing penalty after penalty. Obviously, he's not going to be benched, if only because the Broncos really do not have anyone else who they can put in his starting role. That falls back on John Elway, as Chad and I always like to talk about. He didn't really stock the cupboard with a backup offensive lineman. They don't really have anyone else they can take out of the game to, to replace Bowles with. We have to just come to know him by now. If he's not holding guys, if he's not allowing sacks, he's going to mess up at some point. He had a really disastrous series in the fourth quarter, false start, and I believe a holding penalty on the same series. It's just Garrett Bowles at this point, and we all have to just be prepared for him to melt down at the most inopportune time. And until the Broncos have someone to replace him with, we're going to have to just, you know, tough it out. Andy says, good question here by Andy. What did you think about the decision-making of Allen today? That's another great, great point. That's another thing I was impressed with. He was not perfect. I'm not going to come up here and just praise the guy relentlessly. He was not perfect. He missed some throws. But you're talking about a young quarterback on a new team, learning a new system with all the hoopla going on, making his first NFL start in the regular season, I think he did pretty well in the pocket. Like I said, he hung in there strong. He made some dime throws. Uh, The whole offense was rejuvenated, so he didn't commit any bad turnovers. He didn't look anything like Flacco. He got out of the pocket. He he made some some plays with his legs. I thought the decision-making all around for a guy in his first start was absolutely uh, pretty, pretty good. 
Uh, what else do we got here? I'm going to go through some of the questions. They're flying in so fast. Thank you guys again for hopping in with me here after a big, big Broncos victory. I love to see the the happiness and the excitement in Broncos country. You guys have been kept down for way too long, and it's nice to see that the offense led to this uh, sort of result. Uh, Kristen has a good question here. Oops. She says, Allen versus Locke. And, you know, that's interesting. I think for now, Brandon Allen, far and away, is the starter coming out of the bye week. And the Broncos, Elway, Fangio, they have made it crystal, crystal clear. Locke is going to be brought along slowly. I think this game was the worst-case scenario, though, for Drew Locke. He, he really needed Brandon Allen to show his inexperience and come out and kind of fall on his face because that would stoke the quarterback fires in Denver. It, it didn't happen that way, and I think Allen locked himself into a little more uh, tighter job security than he had coming into this game. Locke will get his shot toward the end of the season. I firmly believe that, whether it's due to injury or ineffectiveness. But right now, it's no comparison. Allen had a great day, and I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt uh, coming out of the, the Week 10 bye week. What else do we got in the comments? Keep firing away. Drop your questions and drop your reactions and celebrate with me here. Uh, you know, let's we don't get these often these these winning reactionary pods. So I like to see the energy in the room. Uh, Anthony wants to know where is Von Miller been? Thoughts on him? He, he's you know when he's not getting to the quarterback. If you watch Von Miller closely, he's hovering around the quarterback. He's making plays to disrupt the timing in the pocket. He's making plays uh, to force Aaron passes. Baker Mayfield really did not have a great game today in the pocket. Overall, as a passer, he he not show good decision-making. He looked very scared and tentative back there. So even if Vaughn isn't showing up in the stat sheet like you would like to see, he is still impacting plays on the field. I do believe, though, this scheme and, and missing Bradley Chubb as his bookend has definitely impacted him, but he's still a forceful player, and he's still helping this Denver defense, which sort of underrated now. They've strung together multiple good performances in a row, and you're starting to see that Vic Fangio scheme kind of take hold and come into uh, the high-caliber high full-speed uh, approach that you thought we would see coming into the season. So Vaughn will improve. I think the sack numbers will go up as the season kind of uh, enters its second half here, but he's, he's definitely still impacting games just by getting around the quarterback, and pressure is production. Uh, Christopher says another question about Bowles. How do you feel about moving Bowles to right guard after the season ends and Ronald Leary is gone? Well, I, I agree that Ronald Leary most likely is gone. We'll be replacing him. I just don't know if you can salvage Bowles there. I think maybe with his arm length and maybe his skill set or lack thereof, he would fit at guard. But it's almost like one of those those demons you have to exercise. If he continues down his current path this season – do you really keep him on the roster next year? Do you really want to have that bad juju in the locker room? Do you really want to have a guy who I'm sure his teammates are growing tired of and frustrated with over these penalties? So maybe there's a chance they'd move him to guard, but they drafted him and they're paying him to play tackle right now. And if he doesn't cut it there, um, I don't know if he's going to cut it anywhere else. So left tackle for sure. What Whatever happens to Bowles is a big offseason priority for Denver. Let's see what else do we have uh, on this special solo version of the Huddle Up Pod. Thank you once again uh, for tuning in with me. 
Uh, Josh wants to know thoughts on Chris Harris this game. I thought Chris Harris Jr. held his own very, very well against Odell Beckham. Not an easy matchup, and the Browns were kind of scheming to move Odell Beckham away from Harris's coverage. It worked in the fourth quarter. Beckham had some great catches, but Beckham is going to make those catches. He's Odell Beckham for a reason. So relatively speaking, I thought Chris Harris Jr. had really tight coverage. And overall, he doesn't have the stats, I think, to back it up, or he's not getting the national shine, but he's still a very, very good cornerback. And I think this offseason, from Denver or not, he's going to earn a big payday. Uh, Let's go through some of the comments, something I haven't got to yet. Christy has a good comment here. Christy says, play calling was off and on. Still seems like overthinking on Scangarello's part. Yeah, I, I thought the screen pass that he threw uh, to Deontay Spencer, I thought that should have went to Philip Lindsay. I still think he's running inside with Lindsay when he should be running outside. He's definitely not perfect Scangarello. He's still very much a rookie coordinator. But the fact that the offense was energized today, the fact that they won today, they put up the points that they did, that was a direct reflection, I think, on Scangarello uh, game planning around a young quarterback and scheming ways to make big plays down the field. You saw that happen today. So overall, it wasn't perfect from Scangarello. wasn't perfect from the Broncos, but I think Scans did a lot uh, you know, more good than I think he did bad this week. What else do we got? Someone said, I didn't see, uh, Jamili says... Lindsay needs more carries. I agree. I, I still think they like Royce Freeman because he fits the scheme more. He's a better inside runner, and I think Scans has a proclivity to lean on inside runs as opposed to stretch runs or outside runs. So I, it's still going to be a timeshare. But let's give it up for Devontae Booker. I mean, I thought I forgot the guy was even on the team. He comes in, makes a nice kick return, gets a nice reception over the middle. The entire Broncos backfield, when they have those three guys playing pretty well, uh, that's a very well-rounded unit. So. Um, um, Lindsey always needs more carries. He's always going to get the ball. He always needs the ball, I should say. But Freeman will not go away. And now that you're seeing Devontae Booker contribute, you have to wonder if Scangarello wants to get him involved going forward. Someone said, Anthony says, we need a new punter. I don't know what pictures, uh, naked pictures Colby Wadman has of Elway or Fangio. I don't know why the Broncos are dead set on competing everywhere but punter. I know he's Tom McMahon's boy, but Wadman is the most uninspiring punter you can come up with. He's the definition of a jag, just another guy. They can do a lot better than Wadman at punter, but it's just looking like for as long as McMahon is the coordinator of this team, Wadman's going to be the punter. It's just, uh, it's almost like nepotism with two people who aren't related. I don't understand it. Oh, this is a good question here. I got to take this question from Andy. Thoughts on Cortland Sutton next Megatron? I personally, watching the development of Cortland Sutton go from w, WR3 last year to WR1, to get the guy a long-term wide receiver one at number 40 overall, it's been a pleasure watching Sutton blossom into the playmaker he is today. Great comparison. I mean, you could say Megatron. You could say Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas. The guy will just snatch your soul in coverage. I put it on Twitter. We always talk about the term getting mossed. I think it's time to introduce the term sutton That's how good this guy is. When he's not making the catch, he's drawing a penalty. When he's not drawing a penalty, he's hauling in a touchdown. The guy is phenomenal, and he's producing no matter what quarterback is back there. He's with Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen. Imagine if Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, was throwing to Cortland Sutton. That'd be pretty scary. Love the guy, though. He's going to be in Denver a very long time, and I already think he's a tried-and-true number one wide receiver. The only question is, how high can his ceiling go from here? This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. 
It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Kind of a random question to piggybacking off that. Lucas wants to know uh, who's better, Sutton or Simmons? I mean, it, it's apples and oranges. Both play different sides of the ball. For my money, though, the higher upside, the better player right now, and I think who has the higher ceiling is Cortland Sutton. The guy is balling out and producing, like I said, no matter who's under center, no matter what circumstance in the game is going on, uh, he is a tried and true, I think at this point, a number one wide receiver. Love Justin Simmons. I think he's in for a big payday, but he's been a little more inconsistent this year on defense and overall uh, to his career than Cortland Sutton to this point. You held a gun to my head. I'm going Cortland Sutton in that question uh, any day of the week. Uh, Christopher wants to know, when do you expect Bryce Callahan to come back? I don't even think Bryce Callahan is a real person at this point. The guy, the Broncos, it's a lemon. I don't, wouldn't hold my breath at all to see Bryce Callahan back again this season. Um, if they get any snaps out of him at all, it will be a bonus. I understand, like I mentioned on a previous pod, why the Broncos plunked down that money. When he's healthy, he's a really good player, a really good slot corner, and a built-in replacement for Chris Harris Jr., but the Broncos were play- paying for damaged goods, and when you pay for damaged goods, those goods end up getting damaged again. It's just it is, it's what happens. And when you invest in injured players, most of the time those injured players will get injured again. Bryce Callahan can't seem to shake that foot injury. I still think the Broncos may have either uh, decepted the media, decepted the public of his recovery, or he suffered a setback and he was much uh, behind than they thought he was going to be. But you have to wonder why Fangio didn't know better about Callahan's status considering he came over from him with him from Chicago, you just have to wonder why the Broncos plunked down 21 mil on a guy who might not be healthy the entire season. People are asking, I saw a couple questions now about Deshaun Hamilton, why he's not producing. Dre uh, says here, Hamilton isn't getting open. It's hard right now in this Broncos offense with the instability at quarterback, the instability in the offensive line to incorporate all your pieces. Right now, there's enough snaps to go around for what? Philip Lindsay. I'm talking passing snaps. Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, and then a distant third, you're talking Noah Fant. Deshaun Hamilton, he, he was looking like he was going to come on last year. He was like a, a mini breakout candidate this season. You just can't feed everyone when you have so much instability at your two biggest positions on offense, quarterback 
and left tackle. He will, um, I, I think, still develop into a pretty capable number two, number three receiver, but he's too far down the pecking order right now, and there's just too much turnover to get him going. If they can just focus on Lindsey and Sutton getting those players into the next level, I think considering uh, what's happened this year, that would be two major victories. Um, Jerome says, should we put Miller on the trade block for a couple of first rounders? Well, the trade deadline just passed and the Broncos didn't trade him. Nothing is going to happen like Chad and I were saying until the offseason. If that, I still don't see Miller getting moved. And as long as the Broncos are winning, uh, they'll keep a happy shop there. So don't expect a Miller trade. Not now for sure, but not in in the offseason either. Oh, here's some optimism. Chaz said the odds of us making the playoffs, it's really not about that. I'm not trying to burst anyone's bubble right now. I'm not trying to be the wet blanket after a big Broncos victory, but it's not the goal for this season. The the math is against them. They're probably, I would say, they're not going to make it. I I can almost guarantee that, but it's not about that. It's about getting the young players developed. It's about finding your next quarterback, whether that's Drew Locke or whether that's Brandon Allen, getting this, this nucleus ready for 2020 and beyond and seeing who you want to keep and who you want to get rid of. That is the whole goal here. And the Broncos accomplished that goal today in a small bit by getting Allen on the field and seeing what they have in him. The playoffs, it's not going to happen. Do not expect it, guys, to go on a big run right here. But if they can maybe string together some victories, give themselves some confidence for 2020 while still identifying the young uh, cornerstone stars of this team, that is the goal, I think, for the rest of 2019. Christopher says, is Juwan James ever coming back? That's a guy I think, unlike Bryce Callahan, we will see again this year. The Broncos obviously have to be careful considering they invested $50 million in the guy. But another previously injured acquisition of Elways who got injured again. It's just another case of when you, you know, you pay for an injured player, the odds are they're going to get injured again. I think he will be back at some point this year. And if they want to keep starting these young quarterbacks, Allen or Drew Locke, they have to have that line uh, as, as good as they can possibly make it. Um, what else? Let me go through some of the other comments. They're flying in so fast, which is such a great sign. Thank you guys again uh, for hopping in here with me and uh, participating in this simulcast huddle up pod. A uh, good comment here by uh, JS. AJ Johnson has shored up his defense. Man, has he been a revelation at linebacker? I tweeted that it was so nice to see today two young Broncos defenders, Alexander Johnson and Malik Reed, break up a pass on third down. They look so much better and more dynamic when you watch them compared to Todd Davis, who is the, the Joe Flacco of linebackers as far as I'm concerned. It's painful to watch Davis run. But AJ Johnson, I don't know what the Broncos were waiting for getting him into the lineup. He just adds that playmaking ability we haven't seen since Danny Trevathan. He's always around the football. He's he's good in pass coverage. He's good against the run. The Broncos really found a steal there. And to their credit, you know, last year taking a gamble on a guy with a checkered background. Uh, Elway did well with A.J. Johnson. Uh, Terry wants to know who's coming off injured reserve, but or Locke. Uh, it's got to be Drew Locke at this point. He's healthy. He's ready to go. And it's a matter, I think, of when, not if. He plays this season. The Broncos are just biding their time and being extra cautious with him, probably as they should to an extent. I don't see Jake Butt, and I said this months ago, I don't see him contributing this year, and I would be surprised if Jake Butt is on the roster next year. It's just almost impossible medically or physically to come back from three torn ACLs. If he can, hats off to him. I wouldn't look for Jake Butt, though, to make any sort of impact this season. Daniel says the Browns are absolute trash. Yeah, I mean, a win's a win is a win in the NFL. You're not going to ever apologize for that. But the Browns are definitely a disappointing team. We talked about that on the preview pod with Jared Mueller. 
it's they're a very underachieving squad. Uh, so much talent and all this hype, and they're just not producing. They kind of remind me of the 2018 Broncos, undisciplined uh, defense with all these star names, not you know not making the results on the field like you should see. Uh, it all starts from the top. Freddie Kitchens was a good coordinator, but the wrong head coaching candidate, just like Vance Joseph was. A lot of parallels there. Uh, they're not a good team right now, but the Broncos also are not going to apologize for beating them at home, especially when the Broncos were home underdogs to Cleveland coming in. Good victory against a team with a lot of talent. That's the way you have to look at it. Go through some of the questions. Oscar, I kind of already touched on this question at the top of the uh, the broadcast today, but Oscar wants to know, do you think Locke will play um, indeed, if Allen keeps on winning, it's tough. I mean, how, let's just say Brandon Allen is like a Kyle Allen for, for Carolina earlier this year. If he keeps putting together victories, let's say he beats Minnesota or he beats the Chargers and after the bye, how do you take him out of the starting lineup? After you're just dying to have a young quarterback there, how do you get a guy who's coming in and winning games and bench him for a guy who you know nothing about coming off an injury? It's a catch-22. It's a, it's a good problem to have to an extent if the Broncos keep winning with Allen because it'll mean they can maybe build off him. But they also want to see what they have in Drew Locke. Um, so it's going to be tough. If, if he keeps stringing together victories, Brandon Allen, I don't know how Elway can just you know pull him out for a cold player who hasn't seen the practice field for months in Drew Locke. Uh, Anderson wants to know, what do you think about Purcell? Do you think he's a better true defensive tackle versus what Shelby Harris? Yeah, absolutely. True defensive tackle, true nose tackle. One of the biggest Fangio errors of the first half of the season was putting Shelby Harris at nose when he's not a true nose guard. He's a, a five technique. He's a defensive end in the scheme. He's a pass rusher more than he's a run stuffer. But that's the opposite of what Mike Purcell is. So once they made that switch, it's no surprise as to why the Broncos run defense. For the most part, they're still prone to lapses and missed tackles and this and that. It's got to improve. But that's a big reason as to why the run defense got a lot better with uh, Purcell in the game. Nice third down stop in the backfield on, on Nick Chubb, I believe it was. A tough running back to bring down. I love Purcell's game. He's a younger, um, higher upside version of Domata Pecco, who I think the Broncos really missed before they made this move. So a uh, big Mike, Mike Purcell fan over here. What else? Let's go through some more. I got time for a few more questions here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Oh, here's a good question from uh, young Tyrone. What do you think about Hollins coming back on injury with two sacks today? What I think is the Broncos have to keep Hollins at outside linebacker. And I've been saying this since the moment he was drafted. I did not like Denver converting him and shoehorning him into inside linebacker. He can probably play there. Um, he, he He's talented enough to play both spots. But as you saw, g- getting him after the quarterback, getting him at, on the outside, letting him rush the passer, that's what he does best. I didn't want the Broncos to Demarcus Walker Hollins, and I'm glad maybe this game was the was the statement game he needed to stay at outside linebacker. But great pass rusher, and the more the merrier replacing Bradley Chubb. Between Malik Reed and Justin Hollins, the future is very bright at outside linebacker uh, in this in this Broncos defense. And inside linebacker, too, with A.J. Johnson. That's why it's so great watching these young guys develop. They have so much young talent that you don't really think about until you watch them play. It's just exciting to see these, these nucleus pieces uh, come to life. Good question about the trade deadline. Glenn wants to know, why don't we go after Trent Williams at the trade deadline? I'm sure his helmet would fit in Colorado. That's pretty funny. Uh, just for the simple fact that if you're a non-contending team, as the Broncos were and probably still are, why would you give up major assets, probably a first or second round pick, on top of taking on a massive contract, and then on top of that, taking on a guy who sat out the entire year because he was disgruntled? 
He was probably right in doing that. The Redskins are a joke. But you don't want that toxicity in the locker room. You don't need a guy who's going to probably be a locker room lawyer when you're establishing culture and you're going through a losing spell. I understand why the Broncos stood pat there. I did not think they would do it, and they did not need to do it. But going into the offseason, tackle, whether it's a veteran or whether it's a, a rookie, they have to have to prioritize that spot because Garrett Bowles is getting worse. He's not getting better or even staying the same. Uh, good qu- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Question here, a good comment here uh, by, hello, uh, uh, Devontae Harris looks like he could be good for us. Yeah, Harris really had a good game. Him and Duke Dawson, Cody Senzabal, the young Broncos defensive backs who weren't on the roster a couple months ago really stepped up today in place of Bosby and, and playing for uh, with Bryce Callahan out. Uh, they, he really did look like a good pickup here, flying around the ball. But I, I wonder how much of that was attributed to the Browns not playing good offensive football. I said it on Twitter. The Browns' play calling was atrocious today. Freddie Kitchens is in way over his head. Baker Mayfield did not look good. So I wonder uh, what the result of that, if the Broncos' offensive backs looked better because the Browns were bad. But I still liked what Harris did. And the Broncos, with Fangio, with Ed Donatel, who's a, who has a, a defensive backs background, it looks like they're coaching up young safeties, young corners to be thriving. So it's definitely encouraging for the future. Uh, interesting question after a big Broncos win by Kai Barker. He wants to know, uh, hi from Iowa. Do you honestly think that they will get rid of Elway? Not if they keep winning. It's just going to you know, lengthen his leash. And I don't even think his leash was that short to begin with. We mentioned this on the last pod. I'm going to keep this short because I'm not going to focus on this question after a big Broncos win. But the only way I can see him even feeling some sort of heat is if he goes into next year and they have a, a reloaded roster, all this cap space, not a rookie coach, no excuses in the world, a, a new quarterback under center, a young quarterback, and they go 4-12, and 5-11, 3-13, and then I can see the pressure being put on that way. But I think he is definitely safe this year, and I would probably venture to say he's definitely safe through next year as well. I'll take a few more questions here. I'm going to hop off and let you guys enjoy these this post-game Broncos win tonight on this glorious Sunday night, November 3rd. 
Uh, Jack wants to know, has Tim Patrick come off IR yet? He's scheduled to practice after the bye week, and he will be back after the bye week. So that should help out the Broncos uh, receiving core for depth purposes and stuff. I always thought Patrick was a good player for Denver, and I think he'd be a good possession receiver uh, for whoever is under center, whether it's Allen or Drew Locke. It's going to also push Deshaun Hamilton now. We had a question about him. Why isn't he contributing? Why isn't he getting open? Well, there's other people ahead of him on the depth chart, and only that's going to get worse. It's going to get more crowded when Patrick comes back. So it's, it'll be interesting to see which of them, either Patrick or Hamilton, separates himself for the second half of the season. Good question here. Do you try and extend Sutton at this point? I know it's year two, but you can usually get good value if you offer contracts early. I believe I might be wrong on this, but they have to wait, I think, two full seasons before they can enter contract negotiations. I'm not 100% on that, um, but I don't think they're allowed to right now explore a contract. But yeah, as soon as they can, before that window opens, I would for sure look for the Broncos to nail him down. Um, hopefully he gives them some sort of team-friendly deal because the guy at this point is going to reset the market if he keeps improving, and uh, they can't let him get to the open market anyway. So it's only a matter of time when they give Sutton a, a big deal, a new deal. It just can't happen now, but he is not going anywhere. He is by far the future of the Broncos uh, wide receiver group. Big donation here from Andrew. Thank you so much, Andrew. 20 bucks. Appreciate you. Uh, he wants to know, people are already uh, saying Allen should be the starter. I think they're jumping the gun. It was one win, but he's definitely an improvement on Flacco thoughts. I'm agreement. I'm in total agreement with you there. I mentioned this earlier on the broadcast tonight. Big win for Brandon Allen. Good performance by Brandon Allen. It's not the end-all be-all, though. You can't name the guy the 2020 starter after only one game, and you shouldn't want to sit lock now and, and make that decision based solely off one performance. Good game from Brandon Allen. He deserves to start coming after the bye, but that's that's it. After the bye week, that it's a week-by-week week basis for Denver right now. If he doesn't cut it after the bye week, then you have to start thinking about Rippon or maybe even Drew Locke. Uh, Steve says, is Scans on the hot seat at all? Maybe. I, I never saw it. I, I get this question a lot, and Chad and I both do. Um, you're not going to get rid of a first-year coordinator in his first year, even after his first year, with all the the tumult, the quarterback, all the turnover, all the things going on. As we saw today, it's looking like the culprit, the common denominator to, to the Broncos' ineptitude. It wasn't the play calling. It, it really wasn't the offensive coaching. It was Joe Flacco. When you take him out of the game, it's addition by subtraction. And then you put in Brandon Allen, a younger quarterback with, with legs that work beyond just a jogging pace. You saw what they can do on offense. I do like Scangarello being more aggressive. He opened up the playbook. He, it felt like he felt his oats more. And that wildcat call to seal the game, that you wouldn't have seen that, I think, with Joe Flacco. So Scangarello, if he anyone thought he was on the hot seat, I didn't. You can't think that now. I do think uh, he was a big reason why the Broncos sprung the upset today. I, I, I wouldn't even venture to say it was his best play calling. I don't think that's um, a conspiracy. I don't think that's weird to say that it was his best play calling effort today as the Broncos coordinator. A couple more questions here, and then I'm going to hop off. Let's see what else we got from Broncos country. Keep firing away, and I will uh, try to answer you. Uh, Jerome says, what's the biggest problem on the D-line? The biggest problem, the D-line or the O-line, it's got to be the offensive line to me. They're still allowing pressure on the inside. Garrett Bowles is still Garrett Bowles. You don't have a true right tackle playing. You have a guard there in Wilkinson. By far, it's the offensive line. If the Broncos ever get that short up, if they ever got a consistent left tackle, if they can ever get James back on the field, they would have the potential to be a, a top 15, top 12 offensive line. It just never came to fruition, even with Mike Munchak. Defensive line, 
A lot of good players there. Unfortunate that Demarcus Walker didn't play today, but they're not really a culprit in the Broncos' failures this year. They can tackle better, but I thought the defensive line play, played pretty well today, especially Derek Wolf. All right, one one more question. Let's make it a good one here. Let's do one more. What position do I see the priority being in free agency in the draft? I already said that. I'm not. I'll do one more after this, but I still think left tackle or tackle or guard. The offensive line has to be priority number one other than a quarterback going into the offseason. You just cannot get by as it is right now with Ronald Leary being hurt, Juwan James being hurt, a uh, combination of ineffectiveness in the middle, inexperience in the middle, and then Garrett Bowles being Garrett Bowles. So going into the offseason, long ways away, a lot can happen, but I would look for offensive lines to be a big priority for Denver this year or next year. One more question. Let's make it a good one here. Brandon Allen, our franchise quarterback, definitely not yet. I, I know Broncos fans, you guys are starved for, for quarterback success. I know it's been a minute since you had a young hotshot quarterback uh, doing well, but he's not the franchise quarterback yet, Brandon Allen. He had one good game. Uh, let's not get crazy. All right, one more. One more, one more. Let me go through. What do I think of fan? Is he the next Julius Thomas? I, I saw in fan, I know I'm not making that comparison, but I saw him when he's sprinting toward the end zone. That was all Rob Gronkowski to me. I mean, the guy looks like him. He wears his number. He's not him, and he might not be him, but they, the Broncos definitely have a real great tight end prospect if they can get him going in Noah Fan. All right, one more. All right, here's a good question to... Uh, Kind of just pivot to as the Broncos end of their bye and looking into the second half of the season. Tony wants to know, I'm going to the Vikings game. How do you think they match up with us? The Vikings blew one today uh, in, in, to Kansas City, the game they should have won, the game they lost to a backup quarterback in Matt Moore. Uh, the Vikings, led by Gary Kubiak, Kirk Cousins, two familiar names in Broncos country. They're a formidable opponent, good stifling defense, a good coaching staff for the most part. That is not going to be an easy game for Denver, but far and away is it uh, an automatic loss for them either. They can definitely be competitive. And I think it'll, it'll be probably a defensive-sided matchup, maybe a lower-scoring game, but I think you'll see a good brand of football uh, by hopefully two well-coached teams. But that is going to do it today for this special edition of the Huddle Up Pod. I am Zach Kelberman, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, going solo tonight because my partner Chad Jensen is at the Broncos game. He was the good luck charm for Denver today as they sprung an upset victory over the Browns. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kelberman247. Uh, be sure to follow the show at Huddle Up Pod, my partner Chad, at Chad and Jensen. We will hop back on, Chad and I, as normal tomorrow to recap this game, talk about Brandon Allen and what it means for Denver going forward. Thank you all again for your, your comments, your questions, your interaction. Um, I apologize I couldn't get to everyone, but I do appreciate, and I did see most of the comments come in. I want to tell you guys, enjoy this victory. Enjoy a good showing from a Broncos offense. Enjoy the glimmer of hope that you saw today from Brandon Allen. It might fizzle. It might amount to nothing. But for at least one game, the worst quarterback on the field wasn't a Broncos quarterback. He was the best quarterback on the field. And it's looking like maybe, maybe even a backup capacity, maybe even as a Trevor Simeon uh, pinch starter type. The Broncos might have something in Brandon Allen. But good victory today. Good offense. Good defense. They could have played a lot worse. They didn't. They, they had a nice victory today. Stick it here. MileHighHuddle.com. Stick it to the podcast. We'll have your breakdown for you guys tomorrow. And we'll hop back on here to take more of your questions. Thank you all again for tuning in. And uh, have a good night, guys. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 